chapter 33. That's almost the word that God gave Jeremiah today. Just hold on. The move of God is on his way. Jeremiah chapter 33, major prophet of the Old Testament. Then the word of the Lord, verse 1, came to Jeremiah the second time. While he was still confined, still confined in the court of the guard, saying, Thus saith the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me. And I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Father God, we thank and we praise you on today for the privilege that you've given to us. We pray on today that by your word and by your spirit, that you would would touch our hearts, you would inform our minds, and that you would conform our will to your will and to your way. May your word not return void. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Together, let us all say, man, you may be seated. Before I get started, let me just thank all of you for your prayers, your cards, your texts. They meant so much to us, so much to me. So thank you. You never know how much cards and texts and things mean to you until you find yourself in that situation yourself. So thank you. Love my church family, and I felt all the love and the support as we had the homegoing celebration for my grandmother on last week. Jeremiah 33, what I want to do is I want to just kind of recap what we've been talking about since I was out last week, kind of summarize where we are in the midst of the series that we're doing. Um, The series is simply called Discover, Discover. And what we're looking to do is dive deeper into the depths of God to understand all the great spiritual truths that reside in the innermost part of God's being. Today, what I want to talk about is just the topic, there's more in store. It's an important thing. There's more in store. Because why is it important to dive deeper? It's the recognition that there's still more in store for you to discover. When I was a kid, there was something special about Saturday mornings. It was cartoon day. And many of us remember growing up as a kid, waking up early on Saturday morning, sitting in front of the television, watching our favorite cartoon. As a matter of fact, I just discovered a very monumental date in some of our history, Schoolhouse Rock is just celebrating 50 years. But the great thing about Saturday morning was not just the cartoons. It was sitting in front of the television with your favorite box of cereal. Life couldn't get any better. And so the great thing about Saturday was not just the cartoon, it was not just your favorite box of cereal, but it was the cereal that had the prize in the bottom of the box. 
Now, there were several ways you can get to the prize. My sisters, they represent one way you can get to the prize. And my sisters were somewhat passive about how they would get to the prize because they would just eat the cereal and wait for the prize to manifest itself. There was others like myself who went after the prize by any means necessary. And I had three different ways that I would go to the prize. One way I would go to the prize is I would shake the box. Because I knew if I shake the box long enough, eventually the prize would rise to the top. If that didn't work, I would go to plan B. What plan B was is you would turn the box over into a bowl and let all the content of the box come out, get the prize, and then pour. My mama's watching, so I hope she, I don't get reprimanded for this, but then I would pour the cereal back into the box. But then when you really get desperate, you roll up your sleeve. And you stick your hand down into the box until you retrieve the prize. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that just me? Any prize searches in the house? Because the reality is when you wanted that prize, you were willing to be intentional. You were willing to be proactive. You were willing to be aggressive until you understood that there was something in the bottom of the box that was more valuable and you were willing to do whatever you could do to get it. Now, my sisters would oftentimes miss out because they sat back and they waited. But nine times out of ten, I would get the prize because I went the extra effort to go after the prize and not wait for the prize to manifest. When it comes to diving deeper into the things of God, there are two kinds of Christians. They're the one kind that sits back and they wait for things to happen. But there's the other kind of Christian that understands that when there are some spiritual prizes that's lodged down in the deep crevices of God's being, you can't wait for them to just manifest themselves. You're willing to shake up some things. You're willing to remove some things. You're willing to prioritize some things because you understand that there are some things deep down inside of where God is that is available to anybody who's willing to dive deep to find it. And this is what I want you to understand. While there is always one prize in the box, there is a spiritual prize available for anybody who's willing to search deep to discover the hidden truths that's down deep into the crevices of God's being. But the question is, are you willing to plunge? Are you willing to dive? Are you willing to dig? Are you willing to find those hidden truths that God has? Because this is what I want you to understand, is that as we search deeper, God is willing to reveal more. Did y'all hear that one? As we search deeper, God is willing to reveal more about himself. Well, you say, why is that important? Well, let me look and tell you what Jeremiah goes through. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1. This is going to be an important part here because what I want you to understand about Jeremiah, which makes this so important, is that Jeremiah is in prison. He's in prison for speaking a message of repentance. And so what God does is he calls Jeremiah and he says, I want you to speak to the nation, not a message of prosperity, 
Not a message of blessings, but a message of repentance. And when you preach a message of repentance, there's going to be a backlash because everybody don't want to hear that. And he says, God, what I want you to do, he says, I want you, Jeremiah, to preach a message of repentance. Now, preaching this message of repentance got Jeremiah beaten, got Jeremiah put in jail, got Jeremiah ridiculed, got Jeremiah mocked. As a matter of fact, let me tell you how difficult Jeremiah's life was. Jeremiah says, you know what, God, curse the day I was ever born. Jeremiah says, God, how much are you going to allow misery to enter into my life? As a matter of fact, how many of y'all know the scripture where Jeremiah says, it's like fire shut up in my... But let me tell you that. Do you know Jeremiah said that after he was willing to give God the keys to the ministry? Jeremiah says, I can't do this anymore. But then Jeremiah says, I can no longer not do what God has called me to do. Because even though I want to give up, God's word is like fire that's shut up in my bones. And so now while Jeremiah is in jail, this is what God does. He sends a message and he says, hold on. Hold on, Jeremiah, because the move of God is on his way. And so he says in verse number three, and this is the first thing I want you to know, that God invites us. Can you say invite? Invite. Listen to this. God invites us to go deeper. This is what he says in verse number three. Call to me. Call to me. God invites us. I want you to think about that for a moment. God invites you to go deeper. God wants you to go deeper. God is opening himself up, challenging you to go deeper. Because what God is saying is there's so much more to me that is available to you. But watch this. It's only available to those who are willing to go deeper. In other words, what God is saying is, yeah, there is a, there is a top level understanding of me but he says but for those who are willing to go deeper and watch this it's available to everybody but everyone is not going to find it because everyone is not willing to do what is necessary to go deeper to find the things that God has made available to you he says call to me now that word call is interesting because it's not like whisper to me it's not make a request to me This is what that word call means. And there's a great verse in Psalm 147, verse 9, where it says that God feeds the ravens. What the ravens would do is they would cry out. They would chirp. And they would keep chirping until the mother feeds them. And if they were not satisfied, they would keep chirping until the mother has fed them enough until they're satisfied. This is what God says. I want you to cry out. In other words, I want you to keep chirping until I have satisfied your spiritual thirst. In other words, he says, when you get to the point where you are hungry for God, when you get to the point where you are so thirsty for God, just a typical 30-minute worship service will not do. You keep crying out until God has given you so much to satisfy your spiritual thirst so that as the psalmist says, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after you. In other words, what he's saying is that there are some people here like Jacob that you are willing to wrestle with God all night long until God makes himself known to you. He says, that's the kind of desperation I'm looking for. He says, God invites us to go deeper with him. Now, the key word there, call unto me. Y'all ready to go deeper? Y'all all right in here? Y'all tracking with me? 
You with me? Listen to what he says. Call unto me. That's the key word there. Because it communicates two realities. Here's the first reality. Call unto me. That word me means it, it, it points to the fact that God is a personal God. This is what I want you to understand. God is not a theory. God is not an idea. God is not a concept. God is a personal God. Why is that important? Let me give you a little theology. So in theology, there's what we call communicable attributes and incommunicable attributes. The incommunicable attributes are attributes that God share all by himself. It is his glory. It's the fact he's eternal. That's God. That's what makes him God all by himself. But then there are the communicable attributes. These are attributes that we share and we have in common with God. So in other words, God has life. That's why we are alive. God has emotion. That's why we feel. In other words, those attributes that we have, we get from God because they represent his personality. God has intellect. That's why we think. That's what separates us. There are things that separate us from things that are not alive. There are even things that separate us from the animal world. And so the reason that God has, that we're made in his image is that what God has done is he's given us that personality, will, and intellect, and emotion. Why? So that we're able to be in relationship with him. Call unto me because I am inviting you into a deeper relationship. That's why the Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. How come you're able to do that? Because that's who God is, and God has given us the ability to be in relationship with him. I know it just flew right over your head, so let me bring it down an extra level. He says, call unto me because I want you to know me. I want you to be in relationship with me. That's what we're striving to do. We're striving to know him, to be in relationship with him. Why? Because he created us for that. Oh, but let me give you a second part of what he says here. Verse number two, and this is going to be important. Thus said the Lord, watch this. Thus said the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. Here we go. The Lord is his name. Watch this. There are two things I want you to know. Number one, he's a personal God. But number two, he has a proper name. This is what he wants Jeremiah to understand. And this is why it's going to be so important. I'm going to refer back to this in just a moment. Why do I need to go deeper? Because as I go deeper, I begin to know more about who God is and how God operates. And this is what he's going to tell Jeremiah. And you're going to see why that's important in just a moment. But in verse 2, he says this. He says, Thus said the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. There are two things in verse 2 that's going to come across that's going to be important for us. Number one, he says, notice the Lord is powerful. Why do we know he's powerful? Because he is the one who made the earth. He is the one who formed it. And he is the one who established. In other words... As I go deeper into him, I discover something about his power. Here's the other thing he's going to say. The Lord is his name. I'm going to come back to this. But the word Lord, watch this, is a proper name that means Yahweh. And what Yahweh is, it is the name that designates the God who keeps his promises. 
I got two realities in that one verse. I got the all-powerful God who's able to pull off anything that he promises to you. Because he says here, right, if you ever doubt what God is able to do, walk out of your house and gaze into space. The stars didn't just happen to show up. The earth didn't just happen to form. The moon just didn't happen to get put out of there. But the Bible says, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. So when I look out in space, I am reminded that there is a God. Watch this. And our God didn't create something out of something. Our God is able to create something out of nothing. And not only is he able to speak, create something out of nothing, he's able to speak things into existence. And so when I look out and I see that there's an all-powerful and all-wise God who designed the earth in his proper way, who created the earth and it revolves around his axis and it rotates around and it's in the right place, he says that God is all-powerful and there's nothing that my God has promised that he's not able to pull off. Somebody needs to be reminded of that, that I don't know what you're going through, but if God promised it, well, you say, well, why is that important? He says, watch this. He says, I love this. Verse 2, because he says, the Lord is his name. There's something about knowing the name of God. Names of God speaks. It designates something about who God is. And that's why when Moses went into Egypt, Moses like, look, God, I'm, I'm going before Pharaoh. Pharaoh's a bad dude. Pharaoh be killing folk, right? And when I go into Egypt, Pharaoh's going to say, who sent you? And on whose authority are you coming here? Look, you coming up into my place. I run Egypt. And you're going to tell me to let these people go? Who are you? God said, look, Pharaoh, all I need you to do, tell him my name is I am. Tell him, what, tell him my name is I am. Have you ever known people when you get to a point where you don't like a one name? I mean, you can be like Mike. You can be like LeBron. I mean, when you don't have to use middle or last name, you, he said, when you go into Egypt, just tell them I am sent me. You say, well, what's so significant about I am sent me? Well, I am means that I was, I is, I is to come. I know it's bad grammar, but it's great theology because it says there is no beginning and there is no end. And I am means he's the covenant keeping God. I am means that he is self-existing, means he does not depend on any for his existence but everything depends on him for their existence he said tell him I am is the one who sent you that's why when Jesus came along Jesus says they says well who are you Jesus Jesus say I am that I am but wait a minute only one person goes by I am and his name is God the father and he is fully God Jesus said I know because everything that the father possessed I possess it always and that's why they say but they stone him but for what reason did they stone him because he makes himself out equal to be God there's something about the name I am that designate God all by himself. 
I need to know that because I need to know his names. I need to know something about that God is El Roy. He's the God who sees. He's El Shaddai. He's God all by himself. He's El Elyon. He is the most high God. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. He's Jehovah Shema, the God who's always there. He is Jehovah Roy. He, he is my shepherd. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is my victor and he is my banner. In other words, when I'm going through something, I need to be reminded of who he is. And the Bible says, and the Lord is his name. And why is that important? This is why it's important because in verse 1, Jeremiah is in prison. When you're going through something, can I tell you something? If y'all don't listen to this, when you're going through, I didn't say if. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your status is. I don't care who you know. I don't care what's in your bank account. You live long enough, you're going to experience something in life. And when you're going through something in life, let me tell you, cliches don't get you through. Fancy jargons don't get you through. Look, let me tell you something. Grandma's faith is important to kickstart your faith, but you need to get to a point where you know God for yourself. And you need to get to a point where your faith is anchored in something that will ground you. Because let me tell you, when you're going through a storm, sometimes your perspective of God gets cloudy. You know he's there, but has he ever just seemed distant to you? You know he's there, but sometimes you wonder, God, where are you? That's why throughout Jeremiah's life, Jeremiah sometimes questioned where God was based on what he was going through. God, I can't believe that as I'm going through this, where are you? You promised. You said you would be there. And God had to come along and remind Jeremiah that, Jeremiah, when you're going through something, you got to have some depth. you got to have some knowledge. you got to have some word. You better be able to know how to pray for yourself sometimes. You better be able to know how to go to the Word. Word and minister to yourself sometimes. You got to know how to pastor your own soul because you may not always get to somebody at the church and you need to know how to go into God's place into the closet and minister to your own self when you're going through something. And Jeremiah is in prison and God has to come back to him. Let me say two things about verse number one. It says, and the word of the Lord came to him. You, you, all, you, can't, you can't fully know God apart from his word. That's what we're learning this week. Everybody in our learning group understand we're talking about revelation, right? And what revelation says is God makes himself known. And one of the clearest ways that God makes himself known, he makes himself known through his word. And so that as I'm in his word, I begin to know more about him. Why do I need to know more about him? Because I need to be anchored in his truth got to be anchored in his truth because I'm going to tell you man life, life will have you on this roller coaster emotionally and physically and spiritually and when you doubt when you question you got to go back and be reminded of his truth 
But then notice what he says here. And the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if Jeremiah didn't get it the first time. And so God had to bring it back. I don't know if God had to remind him. I don't know how. But man, let me tell you something about God's word. Just because you read it once. You got people, wow, I read that verse. I already know that verse. Or I read this. Or I read. Let me tell you about God's word. <laughs> I don't care how many times you read a verse. But man, God does two things. One, God keeps giving insight. He keeps, you can take one word. You can take one word. And God just keeps taking you deeper and deeper and deeper. And giving you a fresh understanding of what that means. Here's the second thing that God sometimes do. Sometimes God gives you something that, that applies to you this year different than it did last year. Yep, I read that word, but you know what? What it meant last year is still true, but what I'm going through this year, God, God reveals something new about what that means, and it hits you just right where you are. What I want you to know, guys, is God invites you. Think about that. The Almighty God wants you to be in a deeper place with Him. You know why? Here's number two, and I'm through. Because God is eager eager to show us more verse number 33 call to me and I will answer you that's specific he he says call to me I'm eager I want to show you more call to me and I will answer you in other words in other words he's not only eager but not only does he want to show you more but he wants to show you something specific for you you know what I like about that? Because as we all are diving deeper, let me tell you what God is able to do. We're all diving deeper, but God is able to specifically give something that you need to hear at the moment of where you are in your life. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever come to church? Have you ever read a word and you just said, that one was for me right there? We all heard it, but God took that word and he says, call to me and I'm going to answer you. And I'm going to show you something that is custom made for where you are in your spiritual life. Only God can do that. Only God can take his truth and he can customize it to go what you're going through today. Amen. Amen. Call to me and I will answer you. It's specific. But then here's spectacular. I will show you great and mighty things, what you do not know. Can I tell you something? Don't nobody in here ever think you fully know everything there is to know about God. Don't, don't ever get to it. Don't ever get to a place where you, where you know everything. Because the moment you do that, you stop yourself from learning more. And this is what he says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things. I will tell you great. There, there's a word in that. It's a great word. It, it, it is a word that means what God does is God has this truth that God has, he has, he has fortified. He has locked this truth up, right? And watch this. It's not accessible to just anybody. In other words, God has truth here, and this truth is so deep, it's so treasured, it's so priceless that God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to unlock it, but I'm going to unlock it to those that I think really want it and are willing to come get it. And he says, come to me and I will show you great and mighty things. And that's why in his word we're talking about, do you want to know his will? 
Do you want to hear his voice? Do you want to walk in your purpose? Do you want to unlock your gift? He said, come to me because when I know God's will and I'm walking in purpose and I'm unlocking gifts and I'm hearing his voice. Let me tell you what's so great about hearing God's voice. Sometimes God just wants to speak in a whisper. There's nothing more assuring than when you go to bed and you have the confidence, I'm in the center of God's will. There's nothing that can rattle you as long as I know I'm right where God wants me to be. There's nothing more assuring than when I hear God's voice speak, I'm with you. I'm there with you. I'm right. You're right where I want you to be. You're not alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And as I grow closer to God, God began to reveal more about himself. And when he reveals more about himself, let me tell you, it helps me make sense of life. Have you ever talked to some people that they're just out there? (laughs) It's like, okay, where did this idea come from? You know what God wants to do? Ground you in his truth. Because you got people, man, they're taking a little bit of new age and they're mixing it up with a little bit of this. And they're mixing it up with a little tradition and they're mixing it with a little bit of history and they're mixing it up with a little bit of humanism. And they're trying to put all that together and they're trying to, I'm glad I don't have to do that because God has made himself known through his word and his word anchors me, his word grounds me, his word helps me make sense out of the reality of life. His word gives me wisdom and insight into everything. Every decision I make because in his word, the character of God is revealed. How can you not want to go deeper with the one who got all this that he's ready to expose to you? And all he's willing to say is, are you willing to dig deeper? Are you willing? God has so much he wants to unveil to you. And let me tell you something. When you shortchange God, you're shortchanging yourself. Because that's what God wants to show you. And so as we pray. Everyone here who has communion in your hands, we want to end by just asking a question. Are you willing to go closer? Are you willing to draw closer to him? And you say, well, why is communion so important? Because the reason communion is important is because it reminds us that the only reason I have a relationship with God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but through the Son. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, do you know what God has done to allow you to be in relationship with Him? He sent His Son to die on the cross. That's how important it was for me to be in relationship with Him. And your prayer today is just simply, Lord Jesus, today... I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. He came and he was identified with me. He lived the life perfect. He died on the cross for the sins that I deserve so that now I can be in relationship with God. But for some of you here today, you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. Why do I take communion so that you can be reminded? You can be reminded that it was his grace. You are not here today because of anything other than the grace of God. Can I say that again? 
You are here today for one reason and one reason only. It's because of his grace. The reason that you believed in Jesus Christ, it wasn't that one day you woke up and you became smart. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith, and is that not of yourself? It is the gift of God. Faith is even a gift that comes from God. And today, if you trust Jesus as your Savior and you believe that God gave you the grace to trust Him, somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. If you know that you're on your way to heaven because God saved you through His Son, Jesus Christ, somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you're glad you didn't have to work for it, you didn't have to earn it, you didn't have to be perfect because we're not able to do it, but we're saved by grace and grace alone, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you know that you're not worthy to be saved because every day we come to the cross with our baggage, with our pride, with our imperfection, and the Bible says that even your best days are like filthy rags, but Jesus, because of his grace, saved your soul. You ought to say, thank you, Jesus. If you're here and you understand grace and forgiveness, like Isaiah, the closer I get to God, the more unworthy I am. And I say, God, thank you. And so as you stand, I want to invite you to take a moment and I want you to pray. I want you to thank him. I want you to honor him for your soul, for your salvation, for your forgiveness, for his grace, for his mercy, for his kindness. Sometimes we, we think we deserve to be saved. But when I think about the only reason I'm saved today is because grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus. And so for these next few moments, I just want to invite you to thank him, to worship him. For some of you, maybe you've grown distant God is calling you to be closer to him. God is calling your heart to be close to his heart. We invite you to come to the altar to confess, to repent, to rededicate, to thank him, to renew your mind. We're going to invite you to stand, to come to the altar, to kneel, but I want you to just take this moment. I want you to consecrate. I want you to rededicate. I want you to say, God, I want to be closer to you. Is that is your greatest desire? Is there anyone here today, your greatest desire is that you want to be close to him? You want to be in the center of his will. You want him to show you those secret things that's hidden in the innermost part of his bosom. And so, Father, today we worship you humble us, break us, renew, may a freshness of your presence permeate this room, may a freshness of your spirit fill our lives, may a freshness of your love and your kindness elevate us to another place of worship and prayer and praise. and you're humble and you're overwhelmed by his love and you're overwhelmed by his grace I want you to just lift up your hands and worship him 
I want you to surrender today. I want you to feel comfortable to slip out of your seat and come to the altar and join us in a time of corporate prayer and surrender yourself before an almighty God who loved you so much that he gave his son Christ to die for you. All over this room, let us worship him on today.
some of us have been in church for a long time. And one of the things I've discovered is so easy to do church and miss God. It really is. We can come and we can do all the stuff. And God is saying, I don't want you to just know me based on a lot of stuff you do. I want you to be close. I want you to know me. I can know things about my wife, but I want to know her. I mean, when you're in relationship with people, man, you you know them. You know what they're about. Your your heart is connected. You there's a love that you have for them, and there's a joy. There's a when I'm with you, and when I'm in your presence, and when we're together, I can't stop talking about you. I'm overwhelmed by you. And sometimes we can be in church and we're doing all the stuff and all the busyness. And yet God said, let's remove all of that. Let's remove all the rituals. Let's remove all the religion. Let's strip from all the activity. And when we remove all of that stuff, can it just be me and you? Just me and you. Can we just talk? Can we spend time together? Can you just enter into this quiet space with me? And so all over the room, what I just want to invite you, I want to encourage you, I want to invoke you now to just open up your mouth and just worship on God for a moment. Adore God for a moment. I want you to be like that raven that just opens your mouth and says, God, I love you. God, I want to be satisfied by you. I want God to hear new life. Just open their mouth and worship Him all over the room. Come on, worship God. Adore God. Love on God. Let God hear your voice. Let God feel your heart. Oh, come on. I know God has done something for some people in this room today. I know there's some grateful people in this room. I know there's some people who love God who's not ashamed to just bow before Him and honor Him and adore Him and thank Him and worship Him. God, thank you. When you cry out from the depth of your soul, when it comes from the depth of your inner being and you're crying out to God, God, thank you. God, thank you. God, we love you. God, we love you. We thank you, God, that you first loved us. When I was wretched and when I was going astray, God, you loved me. In my ignorance, God, you loved me. You kept me. You continue to keep me. Yes, all over the room, worship him. Adore him. Honor him. Let God know for a moment how much you are grateful for who he is. talks about crying out before him cry out today we don't want to just be about activities and going through the motion and just doing church because it's Sunday we don't want to just come to corporate prayer because it's Monday we want to do it because we want to meet God we want to do it because we love God we want to do it because we want to grow closer to God 
want to worship him because God is great and greatly to be praised. I want to pray because I want to spend time at his feet. That's good to me, and that's why I love you. 
And I'm not ashamed to let anybody know His grace is sufficient in my life. scars we come with all kinds of scar tissue but we're here sometimes father we ought to get to that place where tears just well up in our eyes because we can't thank you enough tears just well up in your eyes because you know that you've been forgiven and you don't deserve it. When you fall before God and you just thank Him because you know He means that much to you. When you know that He has sustained you and kept you. When you had every bit of reason to lose your mind, to lose all sense of awareness but God held on to you and sometimes it seems like just saying thank you isn't enough and you look back over your life and you know this decision could have taken you here and this decision could have taken you there and you were in this location when this broke out and, and yet God spared you and God had his hand on you and God forgave you and God kept you and you know that the only reason I'm here today is because of his grace and I'm mindful of that and I pause and I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I'm not any better than anyone else. As a matter of fact, I've made worse decisions than other people and the only reason I'm here today is because in God's infinite eternal grace he spared me even of my own decisions and I said God thank you and so as we close 
There's an atmosphere here that we're going to dismiss those who want to leave, but if you just want to just hang out in his presence and worship him, just worship God. Father, we dismiss, we thank you. Visitors, those desire to be members, those want to get their blood pressure checked, all that's available. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we give you honor and glory. We pray this, and all God's people say, Amen. The altar is open.